Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Your Mom's Podcast, the only podcast worth walking out on a date with one of Degrassi's coolest girls. I'm Avis. And I'm Caroline. And today we'll be discussing the first two episodes of Degrassi, The Next Generation, Mother and Child Reunion, Parts 1 and 2. To get us started with our pilot episode, I thought it would be nice to maybe talk a little bit about our relationship with Degrassi and Mm -hmm. what brought us together here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, So I actually came to Degrassi in seventh grade. I took a little class called Family Consumer Science, also known as Home Ec. Um, And we actually didn't learn any family consumer science. We we watched a mystery-themed video about laundry our first week. And then the rest of the time, we just watched Degrassi Junior High. I'm 35 years old. I can't sew a button, but I can sing you the Degrassi theme song from memory. And um, if you give me enough tequila, I will. Um, And then I discovered Next Generation in like my freshman year and watched those kids all the way until I think I watched till like Shantae graduated. And then I was like, I'm 23 years old. I can't keep watching Degrassi. And then when I was the year I turned 30, my best friend passed away pretty unexpectedly. And I don't know why, but something inside me was like, Degrassi will make you feel better. And so I watched, I think again, really only until Shantae was there um, or Shantae was gone, but it did. It really helped with my grieving process. And then I wanted people to talk about it with. So I went to the group and uh, from there decided to watch the whole thing you know I think it it's a little silly sometimes there's a lot to make fun of but um ultimately you know it's a show that tackles a lot of really heavy stuff that kids are dealing with and if they're not dealing with it someone they know might be dealing with it and I think it's a a really great resource for our kids honestly so uh, I actually got, uh, got back into Degrassi during the pandemic. Like a lot of people, I was home alone, bored. Um, I literally binged the entire series and for some reason got caught up in the era where Ashley was had her short hair and was singing to Jimmy. And um, I started live posting in, uh, it was called 2021 and Degrassi is still in my mind at that time. I started posting in that group and got re-engaged with people like I would have never met outside of Facebook. And I was really excited and engaged every morning to wake up and like talk to the people in this group. And I was tapped to become a mod for the group. And I loved interacting with everybody on that level. It was cool to like break up internet scuffles and stuff related to Degrassi. Um, That group failed for a number of reasons not going to get into started a new group that I'm an admin for and um in that time I realized how much I really wanted Degrassi to be a part of my life so I championed starting a new group um and that was in the middle of that time I met uh Bianca I met Caroline and a number of other people and we started doing round tables on YouTube They were awesome, just really long form. (laughs) Um, And I felt like 
this could be something that could be monetized. This could be something that's like I do as like a career. I got it way ahead of myself. Um, but that's how the podcast came together. And it really is just like a culmination of me loving the show and watching the show way too much, being able to quote it. I started in reruns of the first season and I've literally, I've seen every season multiple times. I, um, you know, I have an issue with binging, so I will definitely start from the beginning and just go straight through. Um, I also, during the pandemic, discovered Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High and had an 80s, like, I had an 80s couple months because then I just started devouring everything Canadian and 80s, which honestly was so much fun. <laughs> so I, it really is a show that's taught me a lot as a child, but it's taught me more as an adult because I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, all of the lessons that I would have probably had to learn the hard way if it was not for the show um, are countless. And the uh, lessons that I learned the hard way and then watched on the show are also countless. So it's a, it's a dual road. And I'm just really thankful for it in my life because I don't really know another show that's like affected me at so many points of my life because there are just so many things that aren't rewatchable and that are just a time in your life and that's it. But Degrassi's been me from like you know, around 12 to 28. So it's really mm -hmm. cool to come full circle and be talking about it in a critical sense. So really excited. Um, so a little bit about just kind of the format of the show. You know, there's so much Degrassi mm -hmm. um, that taking it episode by episode didn't really make sense. Um, and, you know, we'll probably switch it up season to season. But this time around, we're doing two, two, three Degrassi episodes per episode of your mom's podcast. Mm -hmm. um, especially, you know, season one, like, starts with a bang, but then the stakes <laughs> aren't really that high for a lot of it. And so we're going to start by giving kind of a recap of the episodes. And we discovered actually in our Degrassi group that I have, I'm the queen of skills that are not marketable. Well, I am. Except when they are. <laughs> except when they except are. Except when they are. <laughs> I'm really good at coming up with roses or red style poems mm -hmm. about Degrassi. And I think overall we're going to try and keep them to like, four lines maybe eight per episode if there's a lot going on yeah i went a little overboard for mother and child reunion parts one and two but in my defense a lot is happening i think that the, there's really nothing that could have been like cut for there's everything's important i was <laughs> everything's important and so we will go ahead and we will try that format you know give us a couple of weeks if you hate it let us know yeah roses are red emma's 12 and sassy it's the 10-year reunion here at degrassi lucy's in town and wants joey to enjoy life but he's still hung up on his poor dead wife caitlin's fiance sucks and toby is wary that emma's internet boyfriend is really quite scary Caitlin gave dating advice, even though she should not. She said, go for it, Emma, assuming he's hot. So Emma got sneaky and canceled her plans so she could meet Jordan in her cool dolphin pants. 
Manny thought that was sus, so she assembled the crew to hack Emma's email. What else could they do? Toby was right. Jordan's an old man, but Snake saved the day like only Snake can. <laughs> Episodes one and two come in strong. They say, hey, Degrassi, it fucking goes there. Like, we've watched these first three episodes a couple of times now, taking notes, getting ready for this episode. Mm -hmm. I, Mother and Child Reunion Part 2, I have not been able to watch past once Emma gets to the hotel room. And that's... More than once. You know what? And Caroline, I clocked that. That's five minutes in the bitch. Yeah. That's five and it's minutes just... in that they get, that she gets, I'm like, you know what? They are coming in motherfucking hot. They're not playing. <laughs> like mm -mm. if you want to stop mm -mm. when she gets to the hotel and honestly like that whole like the setup for it you think mother and child reunion part one is like slow and then you get to the the second part and you're like okay like this is the heartbeat because like i didn't realize how soon she gets to the hotel she has one scene in the house and then she talks to manny on the phone and then she leaves right and it's yeah no it's yeah, real quick it's really quick and it's like I actually had to write down a couple of scurry. I said scurry because it's scurry, like lot, like uh, you know, lines or and um and moments. So when we get to like, I just feel like the first part of uh this duo was really for me on the the third rewatch, fourth rewatch. And like you said, we've been watching the shit out of these episodes. <laughs> um, I noticed that um it was really about like. They are still such children and, you know, Emma's really kind of struggling against that and she's 12 and I get the being on the cusp of That's that. That's practically a high school. Yeah, it really no, is. No, it is not. not. Like, mental, first of all, these years, like, and I, you don't necessarily realize that until you have distance from it, which is why it's so cool to rewatch the series. But mm -hmm. it's like the years between... 12 and 18 are so like every year counts every year is different and transformative and like you could really change in a matter of months like months used to like mean so much more to me when i was younger than they do now now months just kind of pass <laughs> and i'm like oh i went to the gym a couple times and got my group exercises in you know like it's not like transformative in terms of like i'm my brain is rapidly changing and right. I'm, you know, going through a conflicting identity crisis and all these, I still do have those, but it's so crazy to see her swinging <laughs> on a tire yeah. swing with her best friend. And then like, you know, <sighs> to know that she's talking to a 16 year old, even what if he was a real 16 year old? Like he could, like it could have easily it's been creepy. creepy, even if he was a real 16 year old. And that occurred to me. I was like, if my 12 year old, as a 28-year-old, because I'm the same age as Spike. <laughs> I'm older than Spike, I'm, really, so, you know, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like Mr. Radich's age. <laughs> the way Mr. Radich judges everybody at the at the uh, reunion oh when they, <laughs> after Joey punches Keith out, he's just like, you guys are really, like, none of you have changed. He's like, I'm leaving. <laughs> um, yeah, because yeah, I trust Mr. Radich's judgment. I'm sorry. Yes. After... After the way he treated Yik Yu in Degrassi Junior High. Oh my god, this What was it? You the disorganized or whatever? Oh. God, Mr. Radish is a dick. First of all, we meet Emma. She's adorable. She's 
using tree mail. Remember? Did you remember when email like it wasn't just? No, it was like a like a hub hangout or whatever. Like a first for me, I used uh, used to just do the. My mom didn't let me do chat rooms. She said no. Like you're gonna get like cyber assaulted. <laughs> So she let me. She was n- not wrong. She let me have um, a hotmail, and then I also got um, a Yahoo. So I have, I had, I had. It used to be in like early internet days, though, that there was like there was tree mail and whatever, and we were all really punny and. Mm-hmm. Um, but so you know, we meet Emma. She's twelve. She's got this internet boyfriend and this that she's like crazy over, like only a twelve-year-old can. I love when she closes her eyes to recall his last email. <laughs> oh, um, oh my gosh, that you was know cute. that was cute. We meet her best friend, Manny. It is established within these first two episodes. Manny is a fucking ride or die. Mm-hmm. We is. meet their dorky friend, JT, his dorky friend, Toby. You know, we've got this, like... Thank goodness Toby moved there. Right, was... or Emma be dead. I think... Did we ever talk, like... You know, I feel like we've talked about this these this three-pack, but especially this two-pack. We talked the shit out of this two-pack. Did we ever talk about the fact that if Toby had not moved there fucking emma would be dead emma would be dead emma would be 100 percent dead like you know like i think like it's great that manny was like i don't know what's going on but something's up something's but something's up urgency but without toby Mm -hmm. jt wasn't gonna figure that shit out yeah and he says that like three times like jt is just along for the ride (laughs) GT like is just a long that for the part ride. in the movie where it's like everybody gets their assignments. Like, Toby, you're the brains of the operation. Manny, you're the ride or die best friend who knows something's the fuck up. And JT, you, you're, you're here. Yeah, you're, you're, you're just here. You're along for the ride, buddy. That Emma is Spike's kid, which, you know, is a big deal if, you know, I assume. My mom never watched across. She grew up in Vermont in the 80s where there was like half a TV channel. <laughs> Um, do you ride your snowmobile? You do really low stakes, stupid pranks. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't watch Degrassi, <laughs> but I assume that like for plenty of our generation, like their parents were like, "Oh my gosh, that's Spike, that's Snake." Right. Um, and it's kind of cool to like we see those early tie-ins. We see snakes at the school being a tall unproblematic king um this is a snake stan account by the way we must must make that known like verify that um and and then we meet joey joey is meeting up with lucy who is in town um she's getting ready lucy's amazing this is a lucy stan account she should be in more fucking degrassi but Lucy's about to like pack up her life and move to New Mexico and Joey is clearly a horrible car salesman because he's like, Well what you need is this VW Beetle. They, like no, like, Joey. I will give him the fact that they have having had one of those tiny cars, not a beetle, I had a uh, cabrio. Um mm. very roomy fucking trunk. But to be fair, that car was is super tiny. And I would have never wanted to move anywhere, let alone to another state Mm-mm. in that bitch. <laughs> I have an SUV for the first time in my mm-hmm. life, and I wouldn't want to move to New Mexico in my SUV. Right, and that's, like, actually what people try to, like, 
you know, moving their cars all the time. That's the most ideal situation is to have right. something that's. But, you know, whatever. Joey will give you the shirt off his back. He just won't give you the car that you need. Um, I noticed a, a really. <laughs> I noticed a really fun, unintentional or not really fun. Actually, it's kind of depressing, <laughs> but um, unintentional Easter, Easter egg. Easter egg. Which is, so Lucy's all like, Joey, come to the reunion. And he's like, I don't want to because I'm sad and bald. And then she's like, Joey, at least come out for drinks with us tonight. And he's like, I can't do it. I have to wash my hair or something. And she's like, it's been a year since your wife died. You know, which is obviously more than enough time to grieve the loss of your wife and the mother of your child. Um, But then we find out, that his dead wife's name is Julia, mm-hmm. which um, seems inconse- un- inconsequential. Definitely wasn't a intentional choice at the time. Um, but later on, many, many years later, um, spoiler alert, we meet someone else with a dead, not wife, but girlfriend named Julia that it takes him a year to get over. Emma and her group of friends are helping with the reunion and whatever, but Emma is really, really hung up on Jordan. Um, yeah. She, to the point know, where and, she, like, breaks into the, to the, um, right. to the media to immersion her, lab to check her. Bitch, email. like, you don't live two and a half blocks from Degrassi. Um, like, Christ, Emma. She sees it and she's together. like, ooh, like, big bug eyes, like... Emma, if you don't stop acting sprung, you left the house maybe 40 minutes ago. Like, please, just live your life before cell phones are everywhere and a takeover. It's so, like, right. just enjoy this this unproblematic time. But yeah, she's breaks into... And then, you know what? Manny's face, I loved it when, um, <laughs> when she's like, oh, reading the email. Oh, he says he wants to meet me tomorrow. <laughs> Manny's like, what in the... <laughs> Like, do you, well, and not judging you, but like concerned for you. Like, why are you excited? Like, shut it down. (laughs) Well, and you know what I just thought of is here's a big difference between America and Canada is I, as an American, would never go meet somebody from a place called Yellowknife. I would be like, yep, no, you are not somebody I care. Like, I don't want to be involved, embroiled with any, you know, with a person (laughs) Like, if, if, <laughs> with a person from a place called Yellowknife, that's fair. That's yeah. Fair. And I mean, it, I don't know. Emma's just got a lot of um, questionable. She's just like, I think, I don't know if it's because he's, he, well, he's like the idealized, she, he makes himself like the idealized version of what every girl wants her first boyfriend to be. Like, she's like... <laughs> I think she says, oh yeah, she's like, I've never had a boyfriend who's this considerate or some bullshit. And then, girl, you've never had <laughs> yes, a boyfriend. Wait, she's like, but you've never had a boyfriend. So, how do you know? Like, <laughs> um, like Mandy's like calling her out on some very obvious bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <it's... laughs> um, but so, okay, so we've met the kids. 
episode one ends we transition into episode two we're still getting more of like the returning cast um caitlin's dating this total or she's engaged to this total fucking douche canoe that's just she's like, a pisces i mean so am i you know what and and it's and, fine but you do remember like i have a friend who's also a pisces i feel i feel like it always depends on what like month what, what kind of what what you know, like like it's a june cancer and a july cancer you people always ask which one are yeah. you yeah i'm a march Pisces, i have yes just like yes. caitlin you know and actually okay that's fair because caitlin's what like 28 mm. i i made a lot of bad dating decisions until i met my husband and i was like 27 when that happened and like right up until then it had been like <laughs> Oh, man, right up, like, before my husband was just, like, could not have been less interested in me if he tried, but, like, was a people pleaser. And I was like, this is fine, this is fine. I thought I was in love with the motherfucker. And I look back now and I'm just like, oh, God. But, you know, whatever, whatever. So Caitlin's got bad taste in men. Although, to be fair, I feel like that kind of follows Caitlin throughout the series. Like, so I think Joey probably, like, just broke her brain when he fucked Tessa Campanelli all summer. Um, you know what? And being cheated on is fucking traumatic. I don't, I don't blame is. her. And he not only, you know, to break off and give that context, because I do think it's important. You watch it for the first time and you're just like, you don't understand his face and the combination of like sadness and regret and everything when he sees her wearing a fedora, which I have to mention, his combo used to be Hawaiian shirts and fedoras. And yeah, yeah it's it's a thing to see her in the fedora. But to recap their, you know, their arc in the schools out, which, uh, TV movie, which served as the finale for Degrassi High. Um, essentially, Joey wants his cake and he's going to eat it. And the cake is Tessa Campanelli. And, you know, from a purely like objective person, like point of view, he was a piece of shit from all angles. He's been long time dating Caitlyn and long enough. And he has wanted her for a while like it's like a, a relationship he really was excited to be in and then as soon as she goes away for the summer he's like oh well i guess i'll fall yeah. into somebody else's pussy yeah joe's one of those i don't know there's something about him that makes me want to like him but he sucks he's, he's a, the nate fisher of degrassi he's a little puppy dog and i think that they it's like one it's like craig except for craig got some other shit going on um joey never really has any other shit going on he's his biggest struggle in the entire series is that he had like a he he got like left back so he had to try extra hard in school that's about it because he didn't fucking do shit he, he just he lollygagged and he made fun of people because and he didn't study um they bring it in strong with returning cast and with cameos from other old cast um you know we get to see at some point i want to go through and just pause on the reunion scenes and see all who all's there kathleen's still looking 14 and 40 but yeah um i definitely loved how they reintroduced the characters to us and you know joey 
and um, Caitlyn seeing each other again after the whole like drama of their their last meeting basically we can assume that they haven't seen each other since the events of schools out um, yeah so that's drama the hotel room scene I think it's really well done I think it's really creepy like I said we've watched these episodes multiple times I can't get through that one a second time yeah um first off though not to victim blame but Emma it's like for me it's so bad because in the first part you I'm just like Emma you little you're just such a kid and then in the second part you're like okay she realizes how right. deep in shit she is. No, but it's just like, you know, we've talked about the red flags. Like, oh, yes. She a room full all. of teenage boys and you've There's got one, one pizza. That's what we were saying. One pizza? One and then pizza? when he goes, when he goes and knocks on, like, the door to the other suite, there's no, no sound. Ruckus. There's nothing. There's just, um, yeah. Red flag. And then also I was going back through my notes from my first watch and, you know, she goes to open the door. She can't get it open. Mm-hmm. And then when Sp- Snake and Spike show up and they're pounding on the door, all of a sudden Emma can open a fucking door. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but that's, <laughs> this is an Emma Nelson slander podcast, just in case anybody was wondering. Right. And I mean, and if you for feel otherwise, yeah. if you feel otherwise, let us know. We'd love to have you on to discuss the merits of Emma Nelson. And we'll give credit when credit is due to Emma Nelson, but by and large, this is an Emma Nelson slander pod. Yeah, we're not unreasonable. We're just, we have ample evidence that we're right. We just don't like her. Yeah, we just don't like her for very documented (laughs) reasons. Uh, But but the scene itself, like, the way he's filming, the way, there's something extra creepy to me about how he's, like, setting the scene. He's like, you know, so, Emma, nobody knows where you are. He's a repeat offender. Clearly. As they say, he said, the guy who comes to get the computer at the end says he's a repeat offender. You know, they think they can finally get the creep. And it's like, like he, the way, he's got dozens of these, and it's skeevy. Manny literally brought it to the table and had that itchy feeling that a best friend, only a best friend can have, and rode to the resource that Toby is because no one else would have been able to hack into email at that time. Like no. Toby understood like, okay, the internet is not a safe place. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I need to like, here's what's going on. Like, I need to spell this out for you. He is preying on her through her email. <laughs> like, I have always thought too, that he's not reading or he's not looking into her soul. He's reading her emails is such a like memorable and iconic line to me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but no, Toby, Toby saves the day, you know, I mean, Manny assembles the, the Scooby gang, but, but Toby's really out here doing the work. Um, yeah. And without him, Emma would just be dead. He really, honestly, because, like, that whole, like, oh, when they're gathering before they start trying to hack her email and him saying, like, this girl was found hacked into pieces and all of that. It's like, but I mean, truly, what was going to happen was very grim. Like, let's be, let's be a little scarier than the, I mean, than the show alludes to. What would have actually happened if also, if... I know the scenario that played in through my head. If even if Toby wasn't there, Manny would have still 
but probably at some point in the evening went to go find a, a spike spike who would know who her favorite band is and would probably be able to figure it out but it would have been too late for her to actually like she would have some harm would have come to her she would have been assaulted in some way it would not have been oh she's unscathed except for some disgusting petting we'll call it which i hesitate to to summarize it to that because it's really fucking gross but um no it's still traumatizing it's it's disgusting she's she was still traumatized but like what could have happened oh my god what exactly with toby she is she owes the fact that she basically is a she just needed some very intense therapy for a couple of years right and she can and she's fine she can use the internet instead safely. of being like dead in some weird cabin in yellow knife poorly taxidermied oh my gosh um <laughs> um but oh everything everything turns out okay the kids rush into the reunion just in the nick of time they grab spike snake comes along because snake is snake's got big dad energy like and yeah he's connect he's known emma since she was born spike is a friend but like you get the feeling like snake could have been in the grocery store and overheard some woman he didn't know finding out that her child was in this danger and he would have been like here we go like the line exact line he says is you make a move i will break your neck clear and if if you don't want him to teach your children to father your children and to protect your children i don't know what you want (laughs) i don't know which and i'm by the way i'm not even heterosexual guys so that's saying something like (laughs) um He's awesome. And so, you know, that's kind of a bit of a deeper recap on Mother-Child Reunion Part 1 and 2. All right, so we've kind of dived into the episodes a bit. We've started kind of coming up with different segments. Some of them will apply to all episodes. Some of them won't. Um, One thing we're going to try is a segment that we are, for right now, (laughs) calling Shots Fired, um, which is moments of uh, insult in Degrassi yeah. um yeah I definitely do you want to start with your favorite yeah, so for me and so for mother and child part one part two is too deep not going there part one when um Manny and Emma are on the tire swing and Emma says to you know just in defense to JT well, JT's like hypothesizing that Jordan is actually some old guy from Saskatchewan. Yes. Well, he's, Spoiler alert, he's, he's, not he's right. Wrong. He's fucking on them. And she, and it, it's too close to home. So she's like, um, well, you still wet the bed to JT. So I'm, but I'm friends with you. And JT's like, ha, ha, ha. But you know that stung. Like that hit, like that hit right. him in the, right in the, okay, I wasn't uh, just minding my business. Shots were fired. And <laughs> for no reason for no at reason, all, other than really. Emma was really about to be confronted by the the fucking results of her decision making in the next episode. <laughs> and then you know there there really wasn't much in season 2 there's or episode 2 there's a lot going on there and we've already unpacked uh, it. <laughs> we've already unpacked it. I can't uh, unpack it anymore without please. repacking it. Okay, wait. No. Okay, I I am going to be a little controversial cuz I think I did say it. Yeah, we definitely did just say both of us we're not going to do in, in part 
two, but I did. I did. But whatever. Put, we'll come I did back put, to it. Find one in part two that I thought was like not a shots fired. I'm a I'm a fire some shots at Emma for this, but this is completely wrong. <laughs> Why is she still holding the slice of pizza when she runs into the fucking bathroom, and then she's holding it in a way that I've never seen anybody hold a slice of pizza before? Like it's fake. <laughs> <laughs> so pow pow shots fired up in, in, in uh, mother and child reunion part two there you go I did one I like that you were firing, firing the shots, the shots because I you're just like, I've had enough of I've your had shit enough of you Emma. should drop the slice of pizza Emma drop it to the person in the prop department yeah. just say like this is really fragile slice of pizza no I'm joking <laughs> No, I mean, I get it, though. She She's, like, shocked. scared. That's why She's this was shocked. a controversial shots fired. However, I'm sticking with it, and I'm proud of it because I wrote it down, and I did not intend for it to be. It was just, like, a thought, and I'm like, you know what? It is kind of a dumb thing to be paying attention to. But I, that's what I was paying attention to. I'm here for it. I love, though. <laughs> it's like, why did this all just drop? I thought... <laughs> I thought that the the um, that shots fired was going to be you know insults taken from the show, but I'm also fine with firing some shots at these, these characters, characters on occasion. For, for some of the bullshit, um, you know, I've got to right, like you know, we got to wiggle with the category, <laughs> make it work for us. Another thing that we're going to want to be talking about is um, hat watch. Hats are unintentionally or intentionally very important (laughs) to Degrassi. And we start out strong, actually, with Joey Jeremiah's iconic fedora. And we first see it on Manny. It kind of like it makes its way through Mm -hmm. Degrassi in this episode. We see it on Manny. She looks adorable. Mm -hmm. Then it's on JT, and it's just, like, this, like, personification of the awkwardness of youth. He's, like, drowning in this hat. And then then it goes on Snake's head, and Snake, God love Snake, that man is a dingus. (laughs) He is a dork. He is a doofus. I love him with all of my heart. He does not look cool in that hat. He's not. And then finally it lands. (laughs) He doesn't. No, it's, like... (laughs) I'm always so weird about hats because I feel like unless I'm just wearing like a winter hat, I'm like, hey, look at me. I'm wearing a hat. And like, it's just, I feel you, Snake. I feel for you. I I get it. And then finally, the the hat lands on the perfectly quaffed head of Degrassi's own Caitlin Mm -hmm. Ryan from Ryan's Planet. Born March 2nd. She's a Pisces. She sure is. She sure is. (laughs) And Caitlin looks mm-hmm. lovely. She looks stylish. She looks effortlessly cool. She looks she looks like anybody who's wearing a fedora <laughs> is trying to look. And there's like a slow-mo um, dramatic. Yeah, well, yeah, longing like Joey spots her through yeah. the window. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's intense. There aren't really a lot of other hats. JT's wearing like a like plain baseball blue cap. Ba- baseball cap. Which honestly, plain Our, baseball yeah. caps have always been weird to me. It's a, but I it's mean, not... it's one of it's like a trademark. But I mean, other than that, like of his, but like other than that, I feel as though family politics is severely lacking in other mm. hat instances. So 
at least from our main cast, uh, which, I mean, if there's a funky hat in the back, we're going to find it. But I just didn't see any, so. And I was looking. Yeah. But, you know, so let us know if you saw any um, hats that we didn't see. And I think Catwatch kind of brings us into fashion corner. the fashion. The fashion corner. I don't think we can get trademarked for that. Um, the girls are... <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, we start off strong. You know, first and foremost, it's Emma's first outing in the iconic mm. dolphin pants. Oh, those um, dolphin pants. They, they, they're they an act. That kick that she does pants. when she, like, kicks off and, like, rolls on the bed in the second episode. And, like, you see you see those <laughs> things in action. You see all the all of the the decal on the side of those pants. <laughs> well, and I would like to point out, okay, so this is an Emma Nelson slander podcast. We've established mm-hmm. that. It is also very much, at least from where I'm standing, a Miriam McDonald Oh, she loved account. her. Okay, because it's like, it's so different. Miriam McDonald. It's completely different. She does so well in this these two mm-hmm. episodes. Like, I am scared mm-hmm. for her, you know? <sighs> Oh, it's so heavy to think that she as like, because, you know, I think that one of the important things to discuss about Degrassi as a whole, especially Next Gen, they gave prominent storylines to actors who were able to handle that material. And so a question that we are going to ask of each episode is, did it go there? Yeah, for I think that's a big you know that's that was the tagline um is it to grassy it goes there if you ever watched a promo if you haven't look them up on youtube they are there um that is the tagline of the show and you know for the three pack you know caroline and i are just gonna just just go through and yeah we'll take it one episode episode at a time (laughs) just yes or no did it go there (laughs) so Mother child reunion, I part one. I think, you know, first off, like not a lot happens in that one that's high stakes, but mm-hmm. it's leading to everything. We also are seeing the, you know, the old characters. We're getting kind of some follow up on stuff, seeing where they're at, those dynamics, mm-hmm. how those come into play. So I'm gonna say that episode one does not go there but it does it's get on the up. road it's it's on up. its way <laughs> whereas episode two absolutely yeah. goes there i you feel know? like as a two-parter there is just you just need to watch that shit straight through if you were watching it week by week you would be you would know that part two is gonna go hard oh it's gonna go hard but you are you were laying the groundwork but you know that there's still more groundwork to be laying and that you <laughs> and that you're missing out on some some of the key scenes that you want and it's all coming in part two so i will agree that you just it's like okay we are laying the framework but have we started laying the actual foundation halfway sure yeah, we've gotten know, on the not, highway we're not rushing we're not even toward you know we're headed there but you know, we haven't our, gone our there exit yet ramp is not in sight um but you know then it's all it's like a roller coaster and then 
Another thing we want to talk about is the shining stars of Degrassi and the super bummers yeah, from each don't week. Don't hold us to that. The you know we're, we might change the names of things. Yeah, we're trying might shit out right now. Okay, names, categories, whatever. <laughs> but so, and we've kind of decided like we're talking recurring characters when we talk these things. Like obviously device. Jordan. <laughs> is the superest bummer but yeah he's not a character he's a plot device he was asked to come in and be evil okay. and he did exactly that same with keith that guy sucks those two guys are the suckiest guys again, in these first two so episodes it's not like we can but they don't yeah. they don't really count and so i would say the shining stars of these of these first two episodes are absolutely snake yeah. and manny Manny is a damn good friend. Manny is a ride or die and mm-hmm. Emma does not deserve her. You know, that she was like, she's checking the TV fucking guide because yeah. she's like, something's off with Emma. Without that girl, you'd I be dead. Without say... Toby, you'd be dead too. But without Manny, yeah. we don't even get Toby involved. And then Snake with his like, you make a move yeah. and I'll break your neck. The like, heroes of the situation. Um, I would agree with that for the two pack. If I had to have three shining stars, which there are many stars in the sky, and I can have three of them, it would be mm-hmm. Snake and Manny and fucking Toby, because I don't know if to- Toby's maybe got one more time to be a shining star, and then he's unfortunately rendered, like, inefficient. Like, he doesn't do shit, so it's like, yeah. there you go, Toby York. You are Toby yeah. York. Toby Isaacs. See, he's so fucking interchangeable with JT sometimes in these early episodes. But I definitely feel right. like he played, like, as said earlier, had he not moved there, some some real, real terrible shit would have happened to fucking Emma. It, it beyond what obviously, ter- yeah. you know, terrible shit that happened to her. It would have been up several levels had it not been for Toby. No, I think, I think Toby yeah, is a he is. He's just, as well. you know. As far as. He had to be. He's the he's the brains of the operation behind Manny's obvious right. brains of the operation. So, and then as far as uh, super bummers go, not to victim blame, but fucking Emma. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to agree with that. Just on the caveat that like, uh, she's was she was given way too much she's latitude nasty to, to her be mom. a little. First of all, I just I, like I have to just step back. And as much as we love Spike. Because she's got most, like, she's got the parenting style that I want, but the parenting style that I know, if I actually have, I might raise a little hoe, like Emma, <laughs> who just talks back when she wants and doesn't, doesn't. So for me, it's like, I have to put some accountability on Spike because there's so much latitude so she gives ra- her. Like your child has completely completely changed her like she's being squirrely and secretive you, yeah. and whatever and like and also honorable mention to oh Keith yeah and, it's like, like right if we're doing like three not... we, we did three shining stars we could do three super bummers we can do we can it's do our a show we can there's do a lot of fucking super bummers of shit in these, episodes, in these two episodes but um literally i do feel like caitlin set emma up Put, give her gave her the push towards failure that she was she was already riding a horse towards failure but she was a little bit hesitant would she have still met jordan if caitlin did not give her that push right 
Oh, and Caitlyn could not have possibly is kind, known That's kind of that, why it's like, you, you know, know, she gets the blame because she is a reoccurring character who has to come back and deal with the actions, kind of. They, they well, don't really and, talk about it, but she yeah. has a, a further relationship with Emma. And I think she gives her more bad advice at some point. Um, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> but um, Oh, yeah. I'm sure. But by yes. and large, I think it's yeah. like, you know, I think she doesn't, she doesn't she does parent not parent. through all of this shit. And then <laughs> And then, like, your child, mm-hmm. I get that you're scared, but your child has just been through something horribly traumatic. And what she needs right now is her mom to love her mm-hmm. and make her feel safe, not for her mom to call her an idiot. Is she an idiot? Yes. We have established that this is an Emma <laughs> Nelson slander podcast. But she's like, 12. Come on, Spike. Honestly you set the tone for what's normal in her world and in her world she has the computer in her room she has access to it 24 7 she could be up in the middle of the fucking night emailing with this little dude fucking little dude this big ass fucking weirdo and you have no idea because the computer is in her room not downstairs in the fucking living room where she would have to sneak and you would hear her i don't know there's just a little bit more of like Mm -hmm she's got so much fucking freedom and spike you set that up for her you made it normal and talking back is normal too because you know what she wouldn't have been mm -mm. (laughs) there's just no way that the level of respect that she has for her to talk to her mom like you know get out of my room bitch basically (laughs) like did you not right (laughs) like she has to go in her room to use the computer so she can show her friend the reunion website and also i know we didn't I'm going to do a super bummer to the retcon of the fucking fact that that Spike and Caitlyn were never friends. The, in the original series, they are acquaintances. They hung around the same people, but they are not friends. They're friends in the same way that, like, fucking Emma and... I don't even know. Ashley are friends. How many conversations do they have? several <laughs> right <laughs> right and then oh suddenly they're best friends it's like oh. they did a reunion i'd be like bitch they never talked <laughs> they never talked they they bonded they over, bonded over GMO, gmo foods and the fact that like one of their their mutual good friend literally got paralyzed and had trauma behind a actually two of their best friends so it's like they didn't even know each other they knew each other through people join us next week to talk about family politics a.k.a. Degrassi. Sometimes it really doesn't go there. Eye of the Beholder, in which Paige is the worst, and Parents Day, in which Paige continues to suck, and also Toby is a badass. And once again, I'm Avis. And I'm Caroline. And we'll see you next week. Well, we won't see you, but you know what I mean. This episode of Your Mom's Podcast was made possible in part by Jeremiah Motors, Tremail, and support from listeners like you. If you'd like to further support our show, you can follow our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at YMPadcast and TikTok at Your Mom's Space Podcast. You can also visit our website at www.padcast.com. Your Mom's Podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you feel so inclined, subscriptions and reviews are another great way to support the show. And if you'd like to support us financially, you can subscribe to our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash your mom's podcast. 
And remember, that's PADCAST. P-A-H-D-C-A-S-T. Thank you.